Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. I have said it before, and I'll say it again. One of the most sobering passages of the Bible is Matthew 7, 21 through 23. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This scripture is so jolting because it says many will die thinking everything is okay because they went to church most Sundays or they did really good things on earth or I called myself a Christian and did Christian things. But in the end, these things did not make any difference. In fact, these these things were actually working against God. Why were these things contrary to God and not enough to, to get them into heaven? Because there was no relationship with Jesus. Jesus was not considered God and, and looked at as just someone who was a really good man, for instance. They were doing all the Christian things. They were using all of the Christian ease. <laughs> they knew how to speak Christian ease. And they they had the 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 look down really well. They just had no relationship with him. They they did not communicate with him by reading what he says to us through the Bible. They incorporated other religions into what they saw as truth. And today, I want to bring to you two stories from Christianity Today, actually, uh, of, of two women that gave up their earthly successes for a real peace, a, a real comfort, and really a, a real God. The first one is uh, written by Doreen Virtue, and uh, this was uh, back just a couple of weeks ago. And it says that Doreen Virtue is, is an author of Deceived No More, How Jesus Led Me Out of the New Age and Into His Word. And she says, as recently as five years ago, I was the world's top-selling New Age author. At the time, I enjoyed a phenomenally lucrative lifestyle. I lived on a 50-acre ranch in Hawaii. My publisher treated me like a rock star, flying me and my husband first class to given sold-out workshops across the globe. We would stay in penthouse suites at swanky hotels and and rub elbows with celebrities. Yet, despite this worldly success, I was hardly at peace. For all my new age seeking, there were answers I could never find. I grew up in the false church of 
Christian science, although my mom always said that we were Christians. And I was taught to ignore the negative parts of the Bible, such as the fall of humanity and the crucifixion of Jesus. To the extent that we studied scripture, we only cherry-picked verses or read them out of context. So I was ripe for the devil's, devil's deception. I went to Chapman University in California, where I earned degrees in uh, psychology and, and became a professional therapist. From there, I found a literally li- literary agent and started writing self-help books for major publishers. This brought uh, in uh, invitations to speak at, at conferences and appear on radio and, and television where I preached the gospel of self-help. When a new age publisher offered to turn my psychology uh, dissertation into a self-help book, I agreed. With this publisher, I began writing other psychology books that incorporated my Christian science beliefs. Their popularity landed me a gig as a speaker with a group of new age teachers and vendors who traveled to convention centers around North America. During breaks from speaking, I would walk around the convention floors and visit the various New Age booths. I was intrigued by the healing crystals and other exotic wares they displayed, as well as the healing techniques they promoted, which involved sound and energy and uh, massage and yoga. From, From these vendors, I learned more about New Age beliefs and practices, and soon enough, I was teaching these New Age methods at my workshops and incorporating them in my books. Meanwhile, I immersed myself in yoga, Eastern meditation, uh, chakra uh, uh, cleansing, uh, astrology, uh, divination, and and other New Age practices. New Agers often viewed Christianity as having dogmatic rules, but they have their own rigid standards about (laughs) what an enlightened person must and mustn't do. During my 20 years as a New Age teacher, I uh, toured with, uh, with other best-selling authors, and we would promote techniques like vision boards and positive affirmations, believing and teaching that your words create your reality. Many of us twisted Jesus' words to suggest that God would give you whatever you asked for. And all the while, we held up our wealth and fame as evidence that our principles were true and effective. Yet, despite the worldly success, we were unrepentant sinners with lives marred by divorces and addictions and having sold out workshops, standing ovations, adoring fans, and celebrity friends gave us swollen egos. I remember having my every thought um, was was a, a message or a sign from God or from his angels. All the while, I convinced myself I was actually a Christian, albeit an open-minded Christian who was superior to all those narrow-minded followers who only believed in Jesus. For me, Jesus functioned as a spiritual guide who 
like a magic genie, helped me make a make my wishes come true. I was a student of world religions and even had a necklace with symbols of all the major faiths. I believed all paths led to heaven and all religions were worshiping the same God. Of course, neither I nor any of the other New Age teachers ever pointed to the real Jesus Christ. We certainly never told anyone to read their Bibles. <laughs> Instead, we encouraged people to pursue their selfish desires and make them more um, covetous and materialistic. As someone with an intense curiosity about world religions, I frequently listen to Christian radio, as well as stations uh, you know, specializing in Buddhism and Hinduism and, and shamanism. Uh, how about uh, Celtic god, goddess worship uh, and, and several other types of spirituality? Hungry for answers, I searched far and wide. And in January of 2015, I was driving along a Hawaiian road while listening to the Scottish-born pastor uh, uh, Alistair Begg uh, on, on the Christian Satellite Network. Uh, Alistair Begg was giving an um, expository sermon called Itching Ears. And it was about 2 Timothy 4, where the Apostle Paul writes that in the end times, people will want their itching ears tickled by false teachers who offer false hope. And I, I could tell that he was describing people just like me. God used Begg's sermon to convince me for the first time in my life. And his words pierced my stony heart. I felt ashamed of my false teachings. And when I got home, I told my husband, Michael, that I wanted to start attending a real Christian church. And he readily agreed. After a long time of involvement in Christian science and New Age practices, it, it took time to, to clear away the cobwebs of false belief. And I realized that I did not trust God to provide for my needs. So instead of prayer and trust in the Lord, I continued relying on divination cards and astrology and, and psychic readings, um, you know, horoscopes and crystals. Reading the entire Bible changed everything. When I got to Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, I encountered a list of sinful activities that included several I was practicing, such as divination and interpreting signs and omens and, and mediumship. This passage says that people using these methods uh, are detestable. That's the word it uses, detestable, an abomination to God. I was broken, deeply shamed, and humbled by these words. I dropped to my knees in shame and sorrow. I'm so sorry, God. I kept, I kept wailing in, in repentance. I didn't know. On that very day, I gave my life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. The decision had far-reaching consequences. My, my husband and I left our fancy Hawaiian home. My New Age publisher ended our professional relationship. And New, Age New Agers treated me as an object of scorn and scandal after I began publicly renouncing 
my old beliefs. They sent me hate mail daily, accusing me of betrayal. I also experienced spiritual warfare for the first time, which drew me even closer to God. To better learn how to rightly divide God's word, I completed a master's degree in biblical and theological studies at Western Seminary in Portland, Oregon. It was amazing to see how God gave me the ability to understand the gospel after a lifetime of believing in a twisted, contorted view of scripture. Having to admit that I was wrong to the entire world, my books were published in 38 languages, has been deeply humbling. Even so, I needed that humbling to better learn how to lean on God. I still feel guilty knowing that people continue to use and sell my my old products, even though I've begged them to stop. But these situations offer opportunities to share the gospel. And I pray continually that God will use my witness to point new agers to Jesus. After seeking Um, but never finding peace in new age, I have finally found it in Christ. Despite the storms in my life, my hope and trust in the Lord, and he holds me steady. But Doreen here is just one person that gave up so much to follow Christ. Another article by Nicole Watt, uh, is 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 a person, uh, a woman who is a freelance writer and homeschooling mother living in Northern Ireland. And a couple years back, she had a, a similar story when she wrote, From the time I was a child, skipping along the creek bank to my grandparents' house, I felt I could sense and at times see what you could call the unseen or spiritual world. Sometimes the the world was as as sweet as the childlike wonder of knowing where the prize Easter egg was hidden. Other times, uh, an ominous flash of, of perception would warn me that I was in a home where witchcraft was practiced. Often, these experiences were accompanied by a vision and a sensation of hot or cold in my heart and my forearms and my hands. There were confusing times, too, when I had a a strong suspicion someone couldn't be trusted or wasn't telling the truth. Being a child, I wasn't sure when to speak up or what to say, so I tended to just blurt out whatever came to mind. Quote, "You're, you're being noisy again, my mother would say to her gentle, uh, in her gentle way, even though I could tell I was testing her patience. <laughs> you, you need to mind your own business. My grandmother, a wise and loving Christian woman, had a strong influence on me, and she would sit on her front porch shelling peas for supper, and her eyes would shine with light, and my heart would burn as she told stories about the many people Jesus helped and how the demons and the religion and the religious leaders didn't like him. And as a teenager, I was curious. 
about the supernatural realm. And I started satisfying that curiosity with books on the occult. I loved God, but I also nursed a a disobedient streak. And even though the subject matter was frightening, I found myself gradually lured in by it. I bought a Ouija board and and became interested in clairvoyance, the ability to to know things about people and places, uh, present or future, based on heightened perception. As the doorway to the demonic realm swung open, terrifying incidences occurred. At one point, I slept with a Bible because I believed I was hearing demons in my room. Another night, unable to sleep, I kept watching my bedroom door, sensing that someone was standing just outside. Another time, I woke up in a cold sweat after feeling a tug at my nightgown and hearing a low, menacing growl in my ears. Yet, the idea of assessing supernatural powers remained appealing. After enduring sexual abuse as a child and struggling with relationships, drinking and rebellious impulses as a teenager, I longed for some meaning of empowerment and escape. And in later years, I was drawn to the promise of self-healing and the opportunity to heal others. Looking back, I, I see how Satan was preparing me to be seduced by one of the greatest dangers of New Age thinking, the false promise of peace through spiritual enlightenment. Although Christians often associate New Age philosophies with crystal balls and Ouija boards and seances, most New Agers regard these activities as dime store knockoffs of, of, more, of more mature paths of self-discovery. Many are healthcare workers and environmentalists and engineers and teachers. They, their worldly success and sophistication are alluring, and their lives appear the pillar of peace and stability. In, the, in, in my middle 20s, I began studying Reiki, a, a new age healing technique that uses different symbols and hand positions to supposedly channel energy from the universe. The term itself means universal life energy. At the time, I was uh, desperate for peace and longing for spiritual awakening. And wanting to belong, I eagerly accepted the idea that you know, Satan was a, a man-made myth con- contrived to keep people in religious bondage. I committed myself to relationship and, and negativity within me, a, a bundle of old wounds, limiting beliefs and fear so that the universe's healing powers might flow unimpeded. During uh, Reiki sessions, I met many people who were genuinely kind and caring, people who nurtured and loved me, but my conscience was never entirely at ease. Even though I wasn't following Jesus, my heart would cry out whenever I, I heard anyone ascribe their blessings to a nameless cosmos. By the time I became a Reiki master, I I was also a mom living on my own. And as so many new parents can attest, the anxiety and, and awestruck feelings of parenthood 
have a way of awakening interest in religion. And I went to church now and again, but couldn't seem to settle in anywhere. Next door to me lived an elderly couple raising their, their young granddaughter. And she invited me to her church while I finally found a, a, a home for my soul. And I went through a Bible study and I was baptized. Now, I was straddling two worlds. On Saturdays, I would offer Reiki sessions and teach classes at a friend's store. My ability to receive visions and impressions of of people had gained some attention. Uh, Are you a medium? Customers in the shop would ask me. There's a a psychic seminar in town next week. You you could make a lot of money. But I was becoming increasingly uncomfortable with Reiki World. Uh, Every day, I, I felt a greater burden of conviction to tell people that Whatever healing they experienced during Reiki sessions was a gift from God, not me. And he was the answer to all their questions and their problems and longings. Yet, saying this was forbidden. New Age philosophy treats this world as an an illusion, a, a school for our spiritual mastery, where many gods and spirits and, and guides are honored. To speak of Jesus as one deity among many, equal in power and authority, is permitted. But to speak of him as the way and the truth and the life is out of the question. Despite my discomfort with Riki, I remain powerfully attached to the the joy and, and rewards of helping people. I feared quitting it for the sake of of Jesus, uh, what what, what if people stop seeking me out for healing and I returned to my drifting ways? So I made what seemed a fair compromise. I quit teaching Reiki methods and told my students about my faith in Jesus. But I continued offering Reiki sessions for my clients, asking the Holy Spirit to operate underneath the surface. Soon enough, I came face to face with the foolishness of serving two masters. The crisis point arrived when a friend asked me if I would teach Riki to her and another woman. My hands had heated up just prior to her call, and I thought this might be God's way of giving his permission. I agreed to the class and convinced myself that I could talk about Jesus freely because this friend knew about my faith. The first session went smoothly enough. But that night I had a terrible dream of two witches attacking me. I yelled out the name of Jesus and immediately they disappeared. I woke from the dream scared, but in awe of a name so powerful that satanic forces fled at its very mention. The next day, I informed the woman that I wouldn't teach the class any longer. You do need more teaching, I said. You need Jesus. They erupted in tears and anger and accused me of arrogance 
stupidity and a lack of empathy. Eventually, I was asked to leave. For a week thereafter, I endured their insults along with their uh, expected exclusion from, from certain formerly friendly circles. But I also felt an incredible relief. I ripped up all of my Reiki books and, and asked God to forgive me. That, that was over 15 years ago, and I haven't practiced Reiki since. The new age is the old Satan playing on our deepest longings for peace, and for connection, uh, abundance, and immorality. In, in contrast, the Christian path of obedience, sacrifice, and suffering can seem foolish, even masochistic. That's why I praise the name of Jesus, who laid down his life, not for spiritual masters, but for the weak and the wounded sinners he loved so deeply. The passage that, that Dorothy referred to a little earlier comes from 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Let me read it for you. It says, For the, the time is coming when people will not endure sound teachings, but having itching ears, they will uh, accumulate for themselves teachers who suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Most people want to hear what they want to hear. I mean, that's kind of how we're wired. We just want to hear what we want to hear. We don't want to hear from others that, that we're wrong. <laughs> we ask for advice from multiple people to keep, and, and we, we keep asking until we get the answer that we want. And then we do that, right? So why do we even ask in the first place if we're just going to do what we want to do anyway? But we want that person to tell us it's okay to do it. We seek out others that, that say what we believe and never give the time of day to those that think differently than us. We just want our, our pastors to, to preach what sounds good and, and not preach on things that, that convict. Why would I want to sit on a Sunday morning and listen to something that convicts me of something? I would much rather sit there and hear him say, boy, the Lord is going to bless you today. All you got to do is believe, and the Lord is just going to pour out all this blessing, and there's, there's no such thing as sin. There's no such thing as, as, as trying times or, or times that, that I, I would have to go through that are just, just bad times. I, if, I, if I follow God, then everything is just going to come up roses. Pastors, in turn, stay away from things that will offend people and only preach on things like love and, and mercy. And, and love and mercy are powerful things. Don't get me wrong. But there is a balance between 
talking about the, the warm fuzzies only and preaching truth no matter how popular it is. Unfortunately, we don't have as many courageous pastors today that will just lay it out there no matter how popular it is. If it's truth, it's truth. And yes, we need to say it in love. And yes, we need to address the, the, the mercy part of God. All of those things are good, but we can't be out of balance. We cannot just simply talk about those things, the love and the mercy, and not understand the flip side of the coin as well. There is a balance. And it's interesting to me that these two ladies were successful in the eyes of the world. But deep down, they knew that there was something missing. They knew that what they believed was not true and it was, it was incomplete. They were confronted with the truth and, and made a change to leave behind deception and trade it for life. And I encourage you to do the same if that's where you are today. And you can, you can use this as a, as, a, as a conversation starter, if you wish. I would love to talk with you about it if that's where you feel you are. Uh, if you need prayer in that way or something, feel free to get a hold of us either on, online at our social media uh, uh, pages and that type of thing. Uh, or you can also go directly to UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.